1: Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic. And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.
2: The only problem with Shoot360 is that it wasn't around when I was a kid. Mm. Maybe my career arc would have gone differently.
3: Yep, you could have played for somebody.
2: Could have played, could have been somebody well, it might be too late for me, but it's not too late for you or your son, daughter, niece, or nephew in the home. Let's getting serious about the game of basketball. Get better at it. Develop over at Shoot360. The technology that's available is the same technology that some of the best in the NBA use. Membership's available monthly, three-month, six-month. Ask about them. Let them know that Jason and John sent you. They're going to absolutely love to get out to Shoot360 today.
3: Yep, back in my day, you wanted to do a passing drill. You'd just throw it to a net, and the ball would bounce back to you. These passing drills they've got out there, super interactive. You're trying to hit moving targets, and the points are adding up. What does it sound like? Yes, video game type stuff. Your kid's going to be so sucked in. This thing's so interactive. And as John said, when it comes to the shooting, they've got all the technology. It's like NASA out there. That's what's made Steph play so good. It's what that is young, is investing in. It's what he's going to have his kids on. thing is, your kid can have it. You don't have to be an NBA guy to have your kids, your niece, nephew on this technology. Head out to Shoot 360. Take a tour of the place. Promise you're going to be blown away. Then you can sit down and get all type of membership packages, one to fit every budget. It's the future basketball training in Memphis. The future's now at Shoot 360. Go see them out at 85 Mark Center Drive in Collierville.
2: All right, so uh, Memphis basketball is playing on Thursday, right? Yes, tomorrow. Tomorrow, Uh, tomorrow. tomorrow. Uh, And so they're having a press conference today. Over there <clears throat> on uh, on the University of Memphis campus.
3: Quick, who's the SMU coach? Go.
2: Quick, SMU coach is Rob Lanier. That's pretty good. Yes, former Tennessee assistant, former Georgia State. Yeah.
3: Coach, you're not just still in NFL mode. You still you and you got your college basketball. No, that was because he because because he was from Tennessee. Yeah. You, we've we've had him on the show. When? Um.
2: I, I do not remember. I that. don't remember what the uh what the reasoning was. But we have we have absolutely is he
3: one of the. He might have been recruited somebody. When you would somebody. call those anonymous no. things, you would do one of the guys. You would call. No, he was not. You wouldn't tell us if he was, would you?
2: No. Okay. But he, I, I'm,
3: I'll tell you that who one he, of those I, assistant coaches that would weigh in back in the day. I'll tell you that he
2: wasn't. Uh, okay. Okay. We we had him on when Penny got hired. Okay.
3: Yeah. Well, it looks like it's it's you know it's it's tough job for him this year. Trying to turn that thing around. He
2: said at the time, "This guy." This, because I, I looked it up. This guy is not an experiment. He's a really good basketball coach. He really knows what he's doing. That's what he said about Penny at 10, Well, we appreciate you.
3: We appreciate you, Rob, about to hand you your sixth loss in the last seven.
2: Yes. Is this his first year?
3: Uh, yes. Okay. So he it is. he had been so what so he had been at Georgia State for 3. Yes. Is what I didn't realize. Yes.
2: So he's he's making his way up, but this is probably always going to be expected as a rebuild for SMU given that they lost Kevin oh, yeah. Davis. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Um So anyway, uh, Kendrick Davis said, uh, that's like family over there. Um, It's going to be fun, but I'm focused on how we get the win. Um, Jason Munns has, has posted, Penny says he feels like he's had multiple Final Four caliber teams at Memphis. He said in that sense, he has underachieved it adds that he can't be mad at himself because Memphis has won 20-plus games every season and won an NIT title and got in the NCAA tournament.
3: I thought it was interesting um, Wow, to say that you have underachieved Very, you very reflectionary
2: or reflective uh, from Penny there, an honest reflection there um, and I guess that's kind of where we sh- should go Je- uh, Jeff asked me today on his show, and I want to ask the same question to you, Has the t- has the program met expectations under Penny Hardaway? And has it been a success?
3: It hasn't met expectations. I don't think it's met Penny's expectations.
2: He just told you it hasn't. Right. So, I mean, he feels like he's underachieved because he said he feels like he had multiple Final Four teams. I don't believe that.
3: Has it been a success for where you were? Yes. Right. For why it was so important that you do this, that, you know, you, you fire a future Hall of Famer after just two years because the thing was just hemorrhaging money. And so you had to get it fixed. Penny was the tourniquet and the, the guy that could heal it the fastest. And so from that standpoint, yes, based on where this thing was headed and the direction it was pointed in, uh, it's absolutely been a success. That said, uh, and Penny knows this better than anybody, and I, I'm so surprised to, to, to say it openly like that. You know, it's about turning. He's going to be measured in tournament success and ultimately in making runs, not just making it to the tournament. Mm-hmm. Josh got run out of here just making it to the tournament, you got to get to second weekends, all that stuff, and 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 again, that ain't Jason and John or the media setting the bar or the line. That's what Penny Hardaway said coming in here, and it's what he's telling you now. They're not there yet, and so I would have. to I, – I mean, I'd, I'd agree with him on the whole. I think that it's it's underachieved in, in in a sense of where you'd hoped it would be at this point, but still been a success.
2: Yeah, I I agree with all of that. Um, <clears throat> I think we just all had. I think we had huge expectations when Penny got the job. Maybe not for that particular year, but just in terms of what um, this would look like in four or five years. And you know, I will say the only real disappointing season of his of his time at Memphis was that Wiseman class. But that was almost—I mean, some of it he was to blame. But you know, there was there was the NCAA stuff and COVID and. You know, I, the next year they didn't make the tournament, but it was, you know, the COVID had ske- you know shortened the schedule, and after they got off to that slow start, they were playing a full slate. Who knows how many opportunities they would have actually cast in on. They, mm. The reason it broke the way it did was because they only had one opportunity. It was to beat Houston in that one game because then they duck another one? Yeah. Yeah, they ducked another one, so yeah. they only had the one chance, and it was there, uh, or the, they have AAC tournament play. Did they do the conference tournament?
3: Mm-mm, they canceled it. They right before everybody was headed down there.
2: No, I'm I saying think. the I'm saying the year after during the COVID shortened season they did play the the A yeah. C tournament. I missed
3: one A C yeah. tournament, not two.
2: Yeah, but still, like it was just a deal where uh, you know your your opportunities were limited because of the COVID cancellations 21. and postponements and things like that. So I don't even look at 2020 2021 as a super disappointing year. And then last year there were times where it was like, this is going the totally wrong way. Now I'm having questions. But by the end of it, they beat Houston twice. They beat Alabama. Um, they got to the AAC Tournament Championship. They won a game in the NCAA Tournament. I mean, I can't really ask for uh, more than that. I can't, you know, realistically, I can't just say, oh, you got to go to the Sweet 16 or else it's a failure. It's ridiculous.
3: Um, well, you're you're also, to, to add on to your point, you're, you're asking a guy to learn on the job yep. coming from the high school ranks, right, at a time where college basketball and college athletics is changing very much. the so. sand has sifted underneath his feet in terms of it has it, it's completely changed and you've gone to Nil now and you've shown that okay, well this is something new I can be at the forefront of that like that, that I guess that's I would I would button it all up by saying when when things have been thrown at him, I or whatever it is, James Wiseman all of it or struggles. You know, early season struggles that bleed into midseason, and you you've got them corrected the last couple of years, and and before that, you were looking like a you know a, a team that could have made the tournament uh, in the year that you didn't, in that year that you won the NIT. So so, I, I guess to add to the it's been a success. I think we've seen Penny Hardaway grow, and I think we've seen him get closer to finding the formula that works for him. On this level, the college basketball level, and I mean, works for him in a sense that Memphis is making runs in tournaments. Like, if it was a metal detector, feel like it's been, you know, it was slow there at first, but now it's it, it feels like it's beeping more, and he's getting closer to finding it. Uh, I think we've learned a lot about Penny, and I think Penny's learned a lot about, you know, coaching at this level. We've seen him change and adjust, and and be willing to admit when he's been wrong. Yeah. And so I think that adds to the success that you don't yeah. have just a, you know. A, Again, I keep using them, a Patrick Ewing that can't find the answers and Correct. is going to be stubborn to a point where you know it, it's it's past a point of fixing. It's yeah. it's dead broke. Yeah, he's no. shown a, uh, an ability to adjust. Yes, yes. even when he thought he was right initially. I,
2: I think the most that's imp- important. The most impressive thing about the Penny Hardaway era is, and you hate that it ever has to get here, but it does for almost every coach when it feels like the hour is darkest when it feels like the trajectory is like headed yeah, spiraling yeah, down the the uh, the program's ability and his ability and his uh, you know the team's ability to uh you know wake up and fight back like that that you know that may seem cliche but we have seen lots of programs who let go of the rope in those situations and a lot of coaches who cannot turn it around who mm-hmm. cannot hold on to their team mm-hmm. but but Penny keeps the – he keeps the boat rowing, man. You know, it's 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 a real, I think, quality of his uh, that these guys – we used to have these conversations about Passer every day. Do the players respect him? Do they listen to him? Right. Do they believe him? And we got our answer. The answer was no. We don't ask those questions about Penny Hardaway because we know. They tell us, you know, unprompted. You know, I, I referenced it in with Jeff, but I'll do it again. When I was listening to the postgame after the te- uh, Temple win – Kendrick Davis was like, look, we we believe in Coach from day one. We knew we could do this. We knew we could. If things get bad, we can climb our way out of it because we believe in Coach, you know. And I don't think that's lip speak, you know, or or, or lip service. I think I think these guys believe it. Short handed going into you know um, Cincinnati against a a guy in Landers Nollie who was can't wait to shoot the you know pill off the ball, mm-hmm. and you do a good job of getting him in early foul trouble and 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 leaving out of there with a win. So, yeah, I think look if you, if we're doing sort of this. You know, five-year review, 100-win review of Penny Hardaway. I would say it hasn't been great, but I would say it's been good. It's been good. There have been highs yeah. and there have been some lows. But I would say overall, if I think you would take it. Like, I think you would. Like, if, I, if I'd have told
3: you. Oh, I mean, would, would you take a B? Would you take a B in school? Well, you no, know, John Martin I, I, would take a B.
2: Oh, yeah, that was like a celebration. That was like we're popping bottles when we get to the house if I get a B. If I, I got a D in Spanish, it was like I mean it, <laughs> yeah.
3: for real. Yeah, you'd have run home. With we're doing
2: B. oh, we're doing body shots with a D in Spanish. I think
3: to say it's good, not great, is about right.
2: Yeah, and it could be still great. I, I mean, got a chance to be great. I mean, I think there's nobody that's more equipped in this age to take advantage of the transfer portal, and and oh, we and just brand. saw that with Kendrick, he yeah. got the number one out of it. I think like like whereas with Memphis football, you worry, you just don't with Memphis basketball. Um, You've got the facility. You've got the affiliation there with the Grizz. You play in the same stadium, same arena. Um, yeah, I I, I think if, I, you know, if I'd have told you, hey, they, when you were in your entire red getup and I said, Jason, mm. they're gonna, they're, mm. <laughs> five years from now, there's going to be one tournament appearance, um, in an NIT championship. Um, they're going to end up getting Scott, off scot-free with the NCAA Penny's going to be able to get high level players every
3: single year. I mean, he's had a couple of number one recruitment class.
2: You would have to take it because I don't think people realize how poorly it can go with a first year head coach who's never done it. It could go like Georgetown. You know, there's no reason. The only thing that's th- the only difference between Pat- Patrick Ewing and Penny Hardaway is the way they approach the job. You know, they were both first time head coaches. Um, and and Penny clearly, I think, I, I don't know what the the temperature in, at Georgetown is. I'm sure Pat's doing his best, but he doesn't have the same, you know, factors working for him that Penny does. And there's no guarantee of that ever. So you have to take that.
3: You have to take yeah. it. I hope he knows what he's getting into this Mikey stuff. I hope there's as little drama as possible because that one certainly seems like a Yes. You know, may, you know, if you've learned anything from yes. dealing with the Imani's or even the James Wiseman's who yes. packed up on you. Yes. You know, you yes. know you'd, you'd hate to have to go through some of the same lessons with Mikey, but I don't think Penny goes down this road either unless he feels pretty good about it, and no. then no one knows there's going to be a check involved. So yeah, you know, you know, one Mikey thing. Mikey got a job to do too.
2: One thing Penny is not afraid to do was touch that stove again.
3: You know, he but, will but, touch that stove. But I guess if I was making an, an argument that, with Mikey in terms of his stock, you know, sure you could go to overtime or whatever you know, you got a bunch of options, but don't you need to stick to something and show it? If you, if you came here, quit five games in, couldn't that hurt a man that's in his position, just got snubbed on all American game and everything else. When it comes to your draft stock and everything, everything else, you you need to stick it out. We talked about it with Mark. He's got changed up high schools, done his own thing, gone back. Like, you know, those NBA guys like to see firm ground. You know what I'm saying? Not a yes. guy that jumps from place no, to place true. or spot to spot. So maybe if we're making the argument for, well, Penny can get a Mikey Williams to stay all the way through the season, that can be part of it is that dude's got to show some commitment.
2: He does. He really does. Um, you know, he, he said, he Penny said he talked to Mikey two days ago before the, the rosters were announced, and that he truly understands what it's all about. It's not about his talent. See, that – kind of worries me a little bit, right? Like are you just sort of catering to telling Mikey what he wants to hear? Oh, it's not about your talent. This is a political game. Even if it is, even if it may be, you know, I think once he gets to Memphis, like it's that like that's gotta that's gotta end. You know, it's not the university of Mikey. It's like, hey, you committed to play for me and we're gonna win a certain way. We need you and we need you to be good, but this is not just gonna be, we're not gonna be at your every beck and call and things are going to just be, you know, the way you want. Because I think that's, that's where you get into the – and then there's a fine line, but that's not what they did for Kendrick. You know, with Kendrick it was like, come here, I'll develop you, we'll get you to the NCAA tournament. Come be my best player. And that was a marriage that worked. Mm. And, again, I haven't talked to Mikey Williams, so I don't
3: know, but I just – It seemed to I me mean, like you're going to need a really experienced transfer shooting guard to put next to him, right? You need, you need an experienced
2: big man, you need an experienced shooting guard. I mean, they got to go out and they get. I mean, a
3: just throw him out there with you know another four star or you know that that's you can't win. We've him. seen that.
2: No, it, and it, and
3: we've seen what he's learned by going older and the benefits of that. Exactly right. So it'll you, be some mix of that. And again, we've seen the ability to go right to the top of some of these kids' lists in that transfer pool. Well, bowl. Tyler, top, you go get a guy like that.
2: Tyler Johnson and David Tubek are not signed, so.
3: I that's, mean, they got so many point guards, so many guards, guys on ball. I don't but I, know but I've they, heard
2: good things about Tyler. But he I, is good, I, but I don't
3: know. But and he's Borman's guy, right? But how do you keep him in the fold when? Well, you, you got all these other here, guys. Are you know,
2: be, I mean, that's the other. Thought thing. that was part of it. You, I know, but I'm saying maybe that's why he's not signed. Like maybe they like you leave that open ended because Borman may be somewhere else.
3: You know, in the spring. Yeah, 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 I see your point
2: there and then you got to have like the spots for those experienced guys that you're talking about cuz you cannot go into another season where you're one of the
3: youngest teams in the country and Tell expect Tell me about to win. the kid you mentioned to Giannata. you heard some stuff about Oh, JJ Taylor?
2: Taylor. Yeah, so the issue with JJ J. Taylor
3: he is he used to be top 5.
2: Some I, I've heard yeah, he used to be top I 5. That part. I've heard some pretty strong language about JJ that I'm not going to repeat on the show cuz it's not really fair to the kid, but I've just heard that he is a guy, a classic case of he thinks he's better than he is. And that is going to be a tough job for Penny because, you know, he's used to coaching guys who are great, who he wants. But, but if this guy comes in here and he thinks, oh, I should be coached a certain way and you're coaching me to, you know, to play this position or that position, you know, I think that's where, you know, and that's the risk, you know. I mean, because they've been teammates for a long time. They're a package deal, mm-hmm. you know. Um, but that is what I heard about, J, about J.J. is that he is a guy who thinks his ability is greater than it is. And he probably has to be humble a little bit, and that happens. I mean, you got to think these kids are out right here on national TV; they're you know playing alongside Bronny, and they're all, you know, all on YouTube, and they're BMOC everywhere they go, you know. But JJ's not; he's not ranked like that now. I mean, he's in the what forties, That's mm-hmm. um, still. I mean, obviously, legit four star. Yeah, I mean, that's a great ranking. But in this day and age, that's not. That's not. You're not. You're not guaranteed to go to the NBA. By any stretch of the imagination. So I think that's gonna be the I I like that that's just what gives me pause about all of it. Is like they're not from here, you know, that's always that's step one. They're not from Memphis.
3: Now he's leaning more and more toward that way. In the in the in the mid in the, 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 the middle
2: in the middle of the season last year, I was hearing stuff about Jalen Duran saying I ain't playing no more. You know, so. Oh, but that's day to so day. It is. You know it how is. That goes. Oh, Every no, one no, of no, no, no! It's, it's nowadays. Not, that's not an indictment of Penny Hardaway. Yeah. I'm not trying to say that. I'm just saying that all of these guys, when they come here, it's going to be. It's it's, it's not going to be a year to year arrangement. It's going to be a week to week arrangement. Like you got, you know, that's where I'm like Penny. Just it does not strike me as the kind of guy who will play that game. You know, will he? I just feel like Penny's a guy who's going to be like, man, if you don't want to be on this team, like you can roll. Like, Emmanuel Acott. he didn't play the game with Emmanuel Acott right. and he hit the road as the, school, as the school year started. Like, Penny just
3: believes. Well, I mean, it sounded like he had a chance to keep Imani, and Imani exactly didn't right. play his game. And I think you that's know, the Pen- right way. What Penny had learned, I need to Yeah, listen. I mean, Penny said it. I screwed up playing you at point guard. Right. And did you see him last night? Yep. You play him as a scorer and a shooter. Maybe this goes a completely different way, but that said, he he learned from that yep. and and was willing to accept him back. It's a, at his, at in my way, yes. not my way from based on what I've learned from you. And so yeah, I mean,
2: but that Imani could not the, the the Imani that you saw last night could not have existed at Memphis.
3: No, he scored twenty nine straight points and he got yeah. all the shots. That's just the in, in and L by the it's way.
2: Se- exactly, it's essentially reach your dream prep up there. Right, like Bates' uh, fundamentals up there is what is what uh Eastern Michigan has turned. No, into. but my
3: point is if he doesn't start at point guard last year and you're either bringing him off the bench or whatever else, he's eventually a starting shooting guard and he's not you know dictating facilitating offense, does it go differently last year, maybe he's not in his boat where he's having to repair his stock because you play him in the right position. anyway, I mean Penny already admitted fault there, but mm-hmm. that's one that's that kid never should have been playing point guard. Yeah. it was always going to be, we're going to make this work because he's a great yep. ball player, yep. and it fits with the rest of the puzzle. Exactly it, right. But you, it was the wrong fit. Yep, It was the wrong, it, you know, to put that piece in that hole, it didn't fit. It did not. Kid's a crazy score. Now, it might, to, to that point, it might have never worked out because Imani needs that ball and he's going to take so many shots. And Penny's found that, you know, you, you got to spread it out a little bit more. But I just wonder, if you never start him at point guard, does it go better last year? Possibly.
2: Yeah. Yeah, I think it had a chance to, but maybe he just wasn't ready physically either. Maybe he just needed that year and that uh, that that so. other off season to to. Well, yeah,
3: I mean, his Dad didn't do him any favors with the whole "you're you're a finished product" no. type stuff.
2: But uh, for for this year, y- you got to say um, things are trending certainly in the right direction for uh, for the Tigers, and they'll be favored in every game up until February nineteenth against Houston. So, uh, pretty stable stuff over there. Pretty stable stuff over there for Penny Hardaway and the Tigers. We'll come back. Ron Slay is going to join us. We'll talk to him about that, get his thoughts on Penny's career, uh, talk a little Tennessee basketball, the rest of the SEC. Lots to get to with Ron Slay. We'll do that when we come back. Jason and John, how do you trying to family? you. You could spend the weekend doing the same
1: old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.
0: You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.
2: Love Memphis Group at the Real Estate Agency is here to help you with the home buying process. And it can be daunting. I get it. I've been through it. I know what it means, but I can tell you this. You will appreciate having a Live Love Memphis group on your side. You need somebody to take you through, navigate it, help you understand the decisions that you're making, price on the selling or buying side, help you get the most money for your home, help you understand what kind of deal you're getting. They are the guide for you. Reach out to them. Sold at LiveLoveMemphis.com.
3: It is love in this case. Live love in this case. They saved me four years ago. I was so glad I called, Changed my life. And that is not an exaggeration. Jennifer Carstensen is out to lower rentership in Memphis and increase home ownership. She can show you the pathway. And I promise you it's not magic. It's just hard work. She knows what she's doing. Call an expert, 901 625 5, Again, 625-5200. Or email them at, at LiveloveMemphis.com. Again, that's oh, yeah. live, Memphis.com. It's the Live Love Memphis, Live Love DeSoto teams at the real estate agents.
2: Ron Slay is a product of Memphis, but he did we, – we did lose him. We, we did lose him to UT Knox, now doing radio uh, in Nashville on 104.5 and going to be on the call tonight for Texas A&M and Auburn. Slay, we call that the Lost to Memphis Basketball Showcase, by the way.
4: (laughs) The Lost to Memphis Showcase. I like it, man. Yeah. I ain't going to say it too loud. I'm in the gym right now, so they might get mad at me.
2: Check you out, man. man. Hey, we see you you on the media career. Congrats, brother, on everything.
4: Man, appreciate it, man. I'm trying to climb, man. I'm cl- I'm trying to climb, trying to climb the ladder, man. It's been it's been fun on this journey, dog.
2: Yeah, for sure. Well, look, lots to get to today on the show. I want to I want to start by asking you about Penny Hardaway, he actually just got his unofficial 100th victory uh, mm. as the University of Memphis basketball coach. The I.R.P. of the N.C.A.A. say it's 99, but we know, we saw it. We saw it 100. <laughs> it happened. Um, yeah. Just as a, just as a Memphian that knows the job and knows the pressure that comes with it, and and what Penny was stepping into, what do you make of the job that he's done?
4: Man, I think it's a tremendous job being done, man. A pat on the back at all times. And the good thing is um, he's doing this under high scrutiny, you know, outside of the Memphis community. It's high scrutiny, whether it's coming from coaches, whether it's coming from um people that rather be in that position that feel like it was given to them. So you love to see a person of his stature, man, be able to go out there and excel and succeed at that point. You know what I'm saying? A hundred victories, like that don't come easy. You know, um, one thing about it, you can see the grind he puts in it. So I, I love, I love what he's doing, man. A salute to Penny, what he's building. Um, I think that pride is all—it's always been in Memphis, but you take it up two notches, man. When he walks in and he's able to do the things he's done with um, Memphis.
2: Look, even Penny uh, said today he feels like he's underachieved uh, based on just sort of <clears throat> his his own expectations, but. I do want to pose this question to you, Slay. If you look around college basketball, guys of Penny's ilk who are former players and who have been as successful as he has and then was as a player, they get the college jobs. And uh-huh. whether it's Pat, whether it's Clyde, you know, you can uh-huh. sort of go down the list. It just it hasn't gone as well as it has for Penny. Well, why do you think it's different for him? Is it the situation at Memphis as a hometown guy? Like what do you think it is about his DNA that's – that's propped him up to be more successful than maybe the rest of his peers?
4: Man, I think with him, man, he's a guy, man, coming from that A. U. Back, background and grassroots um, background, he's he's easier as far as it comes to adapting to situations with younger um, kids, if you will, before getting to college and they're looked at as young adults. He knows how to adapt, evolve, um, and then he still has, you know, a piece of him that's that's embedded in the culture. So that don't hurt at all, and that, that that comes organically with him. He's a guy, man, that you look around, you see him rock, people still rocking his shoes. You can still go into the, any in the store, get Penny Hardaways and things of that nature. So it's not just the product itself. It's what's in the product, and he's a part of that product. You know what I'm saying? So you look and see guys like Pat Young, and no knock to them, man, but they he, he has a different um, bridge and a gap that's closed when it comes to being able to coach these young adults, man. And they respect them. That's first and foremost. And I think you get the most out of these guys, man, when you're able to form a relationship with them. And we all know, man, off the court, man, Penny is hes a great one. You know what I'm saying? And that's from the outside looking in. I love to know the inner workings of it. But, man, I think it's well-respected and it's highly, highly touted when he comes into a room and he speaks. And I think everybody, they fall in line with it. Alabama or
3: Tennessee, Slay. Which which one of those two teams is the best team in the SEC in your estimation?
4: Golly, man, that's that's, that's tough right there. I think they're both um, right there together. I think what puts it over the hump is Alabama. Um, uh, I, I mean, what puts Alabama over the hump is Brandon Miller. Um, he's the he's the scale tipper, man, if you will. He's a guy that when it gets tight, you know what I'm saying, and you need that guy. To be able to go and get the ball and everybody in the gym know he's gonna get it and he still deliver. That's special as a freshman being able to come in there and do that. Tennessee plays great as a team, man. They they got everything they're looking for on both ends of the court. But when it's a slump, when it's a um it gets stagnant, where does the ball go? You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like a lot of things getting denied. You saw in the tournament Santi um Santi Vescovi, he was getting denied and it was like oh we're giving open shots to Zakai in the corner josiah in the corner nobody knocking it down you don't have that problem with brandon miller you know what i'm saying that's no knock to those guys he just accepts that role you look at the arkansas game and they would they were neck and neck then all of a sudden Devo davis who's a great defender loses brandon miller on two screens that's back to back threes and blew the game open so that right there that's why he's a scale tilter and he um he pushes them ahead honestly in my opinion
2: yeah like I, I think you're right I I want to go all in on on Tennessee making a really deep run because I'll be honest I I watched the full game because I wanted to sort of see like what what weight class are they when they played Arizona mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. And, and I gotta tell you I thought they got a really bad whistle Tennessee did no. um, yeah. and if that game's anywhere besides Tucson Arizona mm-hmm. I think no. Tennessee walks away with a win. But the, you're right like there are there are d- just these spurts we saw it against Kentucky right a few uh-huh. weeks ago like where they just can't get anything going. So let me ask you this if they make a Final 4 run, what's happening for Tennessee basketball? What's going on on the floor for that to happen?
4: If they make a if they make a Final 4 run, man, they are shooting the ball very very well. Um that's to me the only time they, they can be beat. Um and you also have someone emerging outside of Santi um, Santiago uh, Vescovi being that guy, you know whether it's the Kai Ziegler, whether it's Josiah Jordan James, was whether it's Olivier Kumwa being able to get the ball on the high post and go to work. But you got to have that guy that it, you never see a Final Four run out of a team that doesn't have somebody emerging. You know what I'm saying? It doesn't. It, it doesn't have to happen right now, but at some point, somebody has to get hot. You know, we're talking about this Texas A&M and Auburn game that's coming up. Last year in the tournament, in the SEC tournament, Boots Radford was the reason that they went as deep as they did. He started playing out of his mind. You know what I'm saying? You look at it, it's it's always happening. It's always going to date all the way back to Kimber Walker. Man, he got hot in the tournament and rode it through the tournament. That's not necessarily saying, and he was the best player, but it's not necessarily saying that you have to have the best player do that, with the best athleticism, the best talent, none of that. It's the person that gets hot that can carry you, and he keeps it going.
2: I got to tell you, Slay, we're talking to Ron Slay, uh, host and national on 104.5, former Tennessee volunteer, Memphian here on the show, going to be on the call for Texas A&M and Auburn tonight. I got to tell you, it's weird, man, because I, I I thought when I watched the first half of Texas a and season that they were just going to be – you know, at the bottom of the league. Yeah. I mean, they, yeah. they, they were they out here losing to, you know, Murray State, and they were out here losing <laughs> to Colorado. They lost to yeah. Memphis in Memphis. But all of a sudden they get to league play and they, like, can't lose. They lost a close one to Kentucky. How does that yeah. happen? Like, is it is that a Buzz Williams culture thing that they, they're not going to give up on the season? Like, what's going on there?
4: I think that is, man. Just watching them a minute ago and um, shoot around and seeing the energy around these guys, these guys really – understand um each other and they fight for each other they end with a drill um where buzz is at the middle of the court rolling the ball and they got to go dive for loose balls so that's blue collar that's that's fight you know and all of them having fun with it so i think that's what it is man they don't give up on the season whether it's a game or whatever it may be they're going to take everything of it serious and and fight to the end and that's a lot of buzz's personality you know Mm -hmm. he's a guy that Really dialed in, you know what I mean, and detailed in what he does. So they're, they're taking on this personality. How they turned it on in this SEC part of the season, not sure, but <laughs> I'm just, they're having a ball with it right now.
3: And then how much of a threat could this Auburn team be? Now he's won five in a yeah. row, Bruce has. Yeah, in terms of once you get late in the season, whether it's SEC tournament or making a run, do you see it coming together for them right now? What's happening for Auburn?
4: Man, I think they're starting to understand each other as well. Like, you know, you get this point in the season you start to see Janai Broom um um really be a force. That he was the same in O V C and I think other guys are starting to trust that. You know, Wendell Green and um Katie Johnson and those guys were they're used to running the show, you know what I mean, not necessarily having to have a guy like Jabbar that they gotta throw it to they play without guys like that, so to welcome a new big man in there that can do all things and understand this game, he's good to the basket, can play in the high post, he's unselfish, can pass. I think that's that right there. Not turning the ball over. Auburn don't turn the ball over. They're they're difficult to yep. to play against, and especially in this building, like this thing, man. This small, compact is really this is what you used to call when you're at the center of a hot box. They turn the Turn the hell man! You sit in here, get people on top of you, get to hitting a couple threes, and it's rocking in this thing.
2: <laughs> hey Slay, what's the uh, what's the word in Nashville? Are y'all holding out for uh, a Rod? What are, what are we doing? What's the what's the what's the Because y'all know Trevor Lawrence ain't finna let y'all just. He ain't giving it he back so like that. You know what I'm saying? He so so y'all, so y'all got to have something planned.
4: Yeah, man, Sunshine ain't going to give it up, man, like that, man. I I, I, <laughs> I wonder I wonder who they're going to bring in, man. I, I think, man, the way the salary cap is um, situated right now, man, they may have to stay with Tannehill one oh, more year. Oh, no. Yeah, man. Oh. But they, guess what? This is my thing, man. They got to go get an offensive line. If they get an offensive line, things will be fine. You got to imagine Derrick Henry ran for 1,500 yards with an offensive line that, that – it's made up of me, you, uh, <laughs> <laughs> my son, you know what I'm saying? Like, none of, can't none of us get out there and block, you know what I'm saying? So, man, you put a line around them, and then I think you start to let the chips fall where they may. They got a great defense, and you buy yourself one more year. And hopefully, hopefully with a guy like Rand Carthon coming in out of San Fran, yeah. he, can, he can do some things in the offseason where you can put yourself in position to be able to try to go get a guy like Caleb Williams, man, or the uh, the kid out of Carolina, Drake May. But, I think you gotta you gotta buy time with one more year with Tanner. You have too much money on the books.
2: I saw you uh you had Dane in studio y'all have like that uh, mem- Memphis <laughs> to Knoxville connection. Y- y'all y'all were at much different times though like right I mean he was much later than you
4: no man but he, he was but at the same time he came on his visit I was his um chaperon on his visit oh, so wow Dane yeah Dane committed because of me you know what I mean? he came in right after me so we always said it bond did you oh, ever God, did you man. ever
2: uh watch him play at white station?
4: Yeah, I did, man. I did. (laughs) I did. And I never understood... How um, a white guy was on the team with all brothers in that neighborhood—it's still baffles me. <laughs> but then I met Dane. I met his dad, his mom, and I totally get it. They talk more trash to me and Dane put together. So, <laughs> hey,
2: because you know, look, I'm I'm 31, so I just missed him, man. What was Dane's game at white? Like, was he? What was it? The same Off at Tennessee? Nails.
4: What was it? What they was the game? Did everything. It was it, it was it was similar to Tennessee, but it wasn't at the power forward spot. It was just like put him out there on the floor. You need another guy. Put Dane. <laughs> Out there. Well, you missing the point guard spot, put Dane out there. You missing the center spot, put him out there. He was a filler, man. And he was always going to produce, dude. So he was, and then he was a winner. I'm going to be honest. He was a winner. He yep. got it done. That,
2: that, that, that's what White Station, you know, well, once upon a time, once upon a time, it was it was it was a winner. It's different now. The high school, the high, everybody leaves now. Slay, nobody. They so do man. Nobody they stays. So do. In, nobody
4: the, stays, man. It hurts. It
2: hurts the scene, you know, like the it sure does. the Memphis robberies that you came up on and were part of. They they're gone. Yeah, they're, exactly.
4: They're gone. It's crazy to even hear about, man.
2: Yep. It's the world we live in. Hey, Slay, man. Congrats appreciate your on time, all the success,
4: brother. Thank you. Man, appreciate it, fellas, man. Y'all keep doing y'all thing. Hit me up anytime, the Yes, sir. Thank you, brother.
3: He is yes,
2: Ron Slay going to be on the call for Auburn and Texas A&M tonight. Uh, yeah, Dane was a Dame was just a dog, huh?
3: Yeah. I mean, you know, almost like an extension, too, of Tippett, like his, his IQ, yep. his basketball IQ, you know, was an edge in itself.
4: Yep. <clears throat>
3: playing against, you know, some teams that, you know, he could just outsmart him too. But then you put the effort with it. This dude would die. It felt like he would die on a basketball court, man, to win the game. Yep. Like nobody played harder. Yeah. And so you you added it all up. He's a guy that could do it all. But yeah, but back to his point, he never shouldn't have been at lined up in the SEC at power forward. Like nobody ever saw that coming <laughs> right. that he could pull that off right when we, when we were watching him at White Station. That's right. He's a heady guard man, smartest dude on the floor did that, did that who played team the hardest.
2: That beat Memphis go to the Elite Eight. Did they did they did they get out of the uh first weekend? Or maybe they did Maybe they got to the Sweet 16. I'm that's a just. Good I, question. I can't remember if they got there. Um, I I, I, I want to say they got. It was to, with Pearl, right? I want to say that was Pearl. Yeah, that was Pearl. Yeah. yeah. I don't think he committed to Pearl, but he wound up playing for Pearl. Um, so
3: the so the 0708. Yeah. Went to yeah the Sweet 16 lost okay. to Louisville.
2: Sweet 16. Yeah. Okay. So that's a I mean, that's a good year. <laughs> they were
3: they were a two seed. That team Ended up a two seed, not the one, and, uh, yeah, lost to Louisville that year, which was, yeah, an eight seed. That was, I think, Dane's senior season,
2: Um, and then he moved on. Anyway, appreciate Ron Slade for joining us on the show. Hey, Shoot 360 right here in Memphis. It is a beautiful place, and if you've got a young one that loves basketball, this is where you'll take them to help them fall even more in love with the game, and they will. They won't want to leave. It's a great place. Want to get some energy out before you get home, take them out to shoot 360, let them get on the on the machines there, passing drills, dribbling drills, shooting drills. Develop that muscle memory. You'll notice a, an edge and an improvement in their game. They'll love it. Membership's available. Shoot 360 here in Memphis.
3: Yeah, just watch them in their, their school games or their summer games. After they spend some time out at shoot 360, you'll see why you want a, a membership. It's going to benefit your child's game immensely. There's no question about it, whether it's your child or niece-nephew, because like we said, it can be the perfect gift, especially if they've got – that, that interest, that fire early for basketball. You want to put together that game, right? Put together that jump shot, right? Give them the best chance they can to be super competitive, and they're absolutely going to have all the fun in the world. So you can't lose on this deal. It's the best deal in town. We call it the future of basketball training in Memphis. The future is now at Shoot360. Go see them out at 85 Mark Center Drive in CO.
2: T-Mobile has
1: invested
3: billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours.
5: You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Trick responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. Tops Barbecue it's the
2: best barbecue in Memphis. Y'all know that. They're going to have a brand new location opening up next month. We'll have more details about that. Maybe me and Jason will be... Uh, Serving it up. Hairnets hey. on. Chilling with the microphone. Hey. On. hey. Y- we, you know, a lot of people don't know this, but we are both service industry veterans. That's so right. Maybe that's we right. could show uh, people a thing
3: or two about how it's done. We know how to serve. That's
2: right, man. That's right. Uh, but in the meantime, you're going to have to hit up tops without us. Best barbecue in town. The brisket. Now, the Firebrace Chicken Sandwich, always innovating, always the absolute most delicious in town. Get over there today.
3: Uh, don't forget, too, they can cater your event. Um, Darnell, our friend, friend of the show, longtime friend of the show, she'll be out there. You got 12 people, you got 12,000. No matter what it is, they'll take care of you. Just give them 48 hours' notice. Tops will hook you up. You go ribs, you go pulled pork, you go burgers, that fireman burger. Mm, mm, mm. The brisket is fantastic. Remember, Tops has breakfast now as well. So pretty much whatever the craving is, Tops can cover it for you. They're the best. That's why they've been doing it as long as they have. Tops Barbecue, 70 years and still smoking, baby. Uh,
2: Real quick NFL updates here. Uh, Devo Samuel, Christian McCaffrey, Elijah Mitchell, all no practice today. Uh, just something to monitor. I think with the Chiefs, they are probably installing some new looks to their offense in light of Mahomes' iffy mobility. Mm. So I think that's probably why it's a little bit more imperative for him to get out there today. Uh, these guys, you're not changing anything. You know exactly what you're doing. So I'm not worried about it yet. If we get to Friday and they have not logged any practices, well, then mm. then it may be a discussion. But um, short of that, I don't think it's much of a story. Uh, secondly, have you been? are you up on what Eli Apple was doing, man? Mildly. Man, he is I, – I don't know if he knows this, but they haven't won the Super Bowl yet. Like, he is on Twitter trolling Stefan Diggs and the Bills nonstop. Like, he keeps saying, have fun in Mexico with the homies. You know, y'all don't have that same energy on the field. And, and this
3: started because why?
2: I don't know. I don't know what the why history – Why is it so was. intense? Yeah. I don't know. I didn't think there was, like, a, a beef between Eli Apple and the Bills.
3: Me either. You
2: know? Uh, but he has been relentless – in his uh, in his effort to troll him, and I was like, "Bro, like you have the Chiefs this weekend, my man.
3: You know, yeah. you're, <laughs> look ahead, not back.
2: <laughs> right? Like you need to make sure that uh, you're up on your assignments for the weekend because you're about to get my homes. So I just found that odd. I just, I it, and honestly, bad karma because it's not like Stefan Diggs was out here talking trash about Eli Apple to the best of my ability. Like if you're responding to, you know, must, like
3: must, uh, Diggs must have said something that got him going.
2: M- must have. But, like, Jair Alexander and uh, Justin Jefferson had, like, some history there. Uh-huh. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, I don't remember who took the first shot. I think Jair Alexander took the first shot at him, and he backed it up. Full credit to him. But if Je- Justin Jefferson had torched him, then he would have been well within his, his uh, you know, his rights to go back at him. Eli
3: had played eight games, had no picks this year. That's what I'm saying. Like, he's, he's a liability in coverage, like, like, shut your mouth. He bro. got burned. They, you, you blessed, brother. Look ahead. Look he, forward. Right. He got
2: burned by Demarcus he's Robinson lucky. in the wild card game. Yeah. He, he's the one yeah. that gave up yeah. the uh, touchdown. Yeah. Because he's been on a fake by the own like, they, the Ravens have one receiver that has, like, any, like, ability, and he got burned by him. So, it's just, you know – Yeah, yeah I,
3: he hadn't lived up to where he was picked.
2: Careful. Careful, Eli. Mm-hmm. That's all, man.
3: It's going to do it for us pick.
2: today. Uh, thanks, of course, to Ron Slade for joining us on the show. Thanks to Mark Giannato for hopping on as well. Giannato Jeffery up next. Don't miss it.